0: Well, it's Saturday night and I'm having a beer while making the podcast, which probably isn't a great idea, but we'll see how it goes. Jessops. That's where the news starts on the, this podcast. Jessops has come back from the dead. It's like something out of The uh, the Walking Dead, actually. Uh, there's plenty of zombie shows around at the moment on uh, British TV and films, you know, quite popular and lots of people dressing up as zombies and things. A few years ago it was vampires now it's zombies like a zombie Jessops has suddenly appeared back on the high street apart from they're not really a zombie they've sort of been reborn more than uh, zombified Peter Jones who is a businessman and an entrepreneur and best known in the UK for being on the panel on Dragon's Den which is a BBC business show people go on there with a business idea looking for money, looking for investment uh, Peter Jones and the panel hear the idea if they love it they give it money if they don't love it they rip that person to pieces and humiliate them in front of everybody that they know in the world um, so it's it's not particularly one of my favourite uh, shows, I don't think it does business much good uh, I think there's an awful lot of people who think that you have to run a business you have to be a complete and utter swine to do it which of course you don't Uh, But anyway, I digress. He has decided to put his money where his mouth is, buy up the intellectual rights for the brand name and relaunch it. And initially he was going to relaunch it just as a website. Anyway, he's decided, obviously he's decided he's changed his mind and he's going to have it as stores. And there's going to be a total of 40 stores throughout the United Kingdom. At the moment, there's six open, but there's going to be one opening. ...every day throughout April in the UK... ...and eventually he hopes to have it up to a total of 48. Um, the idea behind this is... ...and I think he might be onto a winner here... it would be interesting to see how it goes... Is ...he likes the idea of people being able to order on the website... ...and collect in a store. So you basically order it via Jessups.com, their website... ...and instead of having it delivered to your door... You have it delivered to uh, the Jessops. You go into town if you're working there or something and you can collect it there. It's quite a good idea, especially as a lot of people aren't in for the Posty or FedEx or UPS or whoever is delivering whatever they've ordered off uh, the website or Amazon or wherever it is. My sister's a bit like that. She isn't in. So that's quite a good idea behind that. It's certainly not new. There's, there are companies, there are shops... Um, in the u k that already do that, but it 's a good way of adding some adding a useful thing to the to the stores uh whether whether it 's something that they're trying to justify the stores by saying i, I don 't really know i wouldn 't like to say, but it'll be interesting to see how the stores do, even with forty eight stores throughout the u k Jessup's will still be far smaller than it was when it went into administration it had 187 shops on the high streets um, in towns and cities around the UK when it went into administrations so 48 is a drop by over three quarters but um, they've decided that they're going to cut down you know the costs they're going to Manage the costs, and it's going to be about getting the right price and keeping uh, keeping things under control, which is, is great. I've had a look at the website. doesn't look too bad. Plenty there for digital lovers. If you're after a camcorder, there's all sorts of great camcorders on there. So if you're into filmmaking and things, Jessops might even be useful for uh, buying a, a decent camcorder to make stuff with. And they have a decent darkroom section. Uh, there's some photographic chemicals, and I intend buying my chemicals there in the next couple of weeks, just to see how it works out. Um, You just have to take it from there, and just see how people use it. Jessops is a damaged brand, there's an awful lot of people who've been hurt by what happened uh, over the period in January, where they were going into administration, people lost money, it's going to take a bit of time to get the trust back. That's is key to these new Jessops working, but uh, they haven't got anything to do with the the old brand particularly. It is literally a Phoenix from the ashes, but there wasn't very much left of the old company. There's just this name, and that's it. So we will have to see how it goes, and I will report on the next podcast about how my experience with Jessops.com went on to the photography links and we go straight to sebastian salgado after all he should be at the uh, the first one that i mention. really um his work is absolutely amazing his nine-year project genesis is about to come out as a book certainly before the next podcast comes out anyway and uh, the galleries are getting ready to show it and things The work is absolutely amazing. certainly recommend any photographer having a look at it. There's a great gallery and a great bit of information about the project on Lightbox, which is Time's um, photography blog. Um, Fantastic gallery, fantastic images, fantastic photographer. Um, A recommended viewing. Right, this is just a quick little... Link. This is to do with uh, the Iraq War's tenth anniversary. It's a good selection of galleries. It's, it's, it's in three parts. Uh, this is brought by the In Focus Photography blog, which is on the Atlantic website, and they brought together iconic pictures and all sorts of things from the Iraq War. A brilliant collection. Some of it isn't very nice um, to view, but wars generally aren't. It's still a very divisive subject even now. People are arguing about the merits and you know, whether it was worth doing it. Uh that's for other people to discuss. The photography really, I suppose, just shows that it was a damn sight more complicated than a lot of people thought it would be. Um, which wars tend to be. If you think they're going to work one way, they generally work out another. We just have to look at history to, to find that out. It's a good little gallery, worth a look, uh, and it has some very iconic images, recent iconic images of the Iraq conflict in there. We are staying with In Focus just for a little bit longer. The next gallery that I'm going to recommend is A Trip to Iran. An awful lot of... um photography to do with Iran, of course, is concerned with the political elements there and the fact, you know, that it's seen to be supporting terrorism and various other different uh, aspects, negative aspects about the country. A trip to Iran was a great set of images taken by Amos Chappell, who is a travel photographer, and... They made three visits to the Islamic Republic of Iran between December 2011 and January 2013. And these are the images, they are absolutely stunning. They are fantastic images showing a very diverse country, a very beautiful country. Anybody who thinks, you know, that that Iran is just about uh, Republican guards and uh, people chanting slogans and things like that need to have a look at this the the architecture is beautiful the landscape is beautiful um it just looks like a fantastic place to visit um it probably you know does have a lot of issues but this is mainly looking at the country the people the landscape and just showing the beauty of the country and i really like that this next photography link was featured on my photography blog recently, but I will mention it here. This is my recommended photography link for this podcast. This is the one that you should definitely go and have a look at. There's only one that you go and have a look at out of all of my recommendations. It's this one it's a Civil War hundred and fifty pinhole project um It's pinhole photography taken on civil war old American Civil War battlefields. Where reenactments are taking place to celebrate the, the anniversary of uh, battles taking place. The images are just beautiful. They're ghostly, they're colourful, they're full of atmosphere, they're full of emotion, they're full of all sorts of things. You look at them and you sort of have to look twice. Uh, with some of them, to realise that they, they were taken recently. They are not 150-year-old photos, but they are beautifully done by Michael Falco. Uh, mist on the battlefield, the guns on the battlefield, the smoke, the the colourful um, stars and stripes fluttering. All of that movement has been caught by these pinhole cameras, and it just adds to the pure beauty um, of covering these reenactments, it's very important that history is kept alive, and these photos, I think, do just that. They they are a very important visual document, and they are being um, saved for the nation by the L- Library of Congress. So, you know, it's it's part of the national. It's part of the US archive now. It's it's a fantastic selection of images. Go and have a look at them. They're absolutely beautiful. This next series of photos is by uh, the photographer John Moore. And it's bringing a human face to quite an important topic, quite an important issue of the moment, which is immigration. These are photographs of people who are being detained and are about to be deported back to their country a lot of them are mexican and they're just waiting to to go back over the border they've they've tried to do something about changing their life in the united states but for one reason or another you know um they've been caught and they have to go back it's quite a touching little project because it actually brings some humanity to these people i think there's far too much rhetoric far too much hype about this problem uh immigrants immigration probably is a, a problem but it's often dealt with in too much of an emotional fashion rather than being thought by the head A lot of the time these politicians try and scare us into saying these people are doing this and these people are doing that. And that's certainly no constructive way, certainly in the long term, of of doing things. People being scared of immigrants and new people coming in. It's as old as the hills. It's never going to change. We have it in this country. It's in the United States. It'd be quite nice to see whether anybody's actually done a similar project in the UK because at the moment the uk government are talking up the immigration problem quite a bit at the moment and it would be nice to sort of answer their argument by saying you know these people are coming in and doing this and doing that by just replying with them with and just saying well look these are young people who are just wanting to better their life and if we are a country who say everything's great here we have you know great standard to live in Plenty of work, you know. We have a few problems ourselves, but compared with other countries, we're great. Are we really surprised if people want to get in? Right, the next video is well, it's a bit different, really. It's four hours of Aurora Borealis compressed into three stunning minutes. Photographer Goran Strand uses 2464 raw images. Um, taken with his all-sky camera to create a gorgeous time-lapse video, and it's in the shape of uh, a fisheye lens. I don't know whether it is. It looks like a fisheye lens. It's a very, very wide-angle lens. It gets most of the most of the sky in, if not all of it. And he showed this coronal mass injection hitting the Earth's magnetic field in, in Sweden and it's a beautiful piece of work the greens, the colours the interaction across the sky it's nature at its best and he's captured all of the sky whereas most photographers tend to just aim it a little bit and just hope that they get some of the aurora borealis in there Um, Goran has managed to capture all of it with this wide angle view fantastic little video great little three minutes just grab a cup of tea and just watch that and marvel at how something that happens because the the sun lets something out Uh, if it hits the earth's magnetic field and hey presto we end up with all of these beautiful colours and this magical video it's quite remarkable okay this is the final link and this is a bit of a humdinger this is Gordon Parks Harlem Family Revisited This is on the Lens Photography, Video and Visual Journalism blog. It's a photo blog by the New York Times, very good one as well. And this is an article that looks at the groundbreaking um, article by Gordon Parks. He photographed a, a family in Harlem in the late 1960s, about 1967 and it caused quite a bit of a sensation in the united states because it it showed the poverty the levels of poverty that some people some um children were living in the united states at that at that point the images are just superb there's no other way of putting it gordon parks was a remarkable photographer um He's probably best known to a lot of people now as a director of Shaft, but he worked for uh, Life magazine for quite a long time. Um, even more remarkable is the fact that he was a, a black photographer working for a major American uh, magazine publication in the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, when there was still an immense amount of prejudice around and racism but his work is absolutely remarkable and Life magazine, to their credit use him an awful lot shooting uh, in various different places shooting in Paris shooting fashion, shooting documentary work like this, and he, he excelled at it all he was able to uh, produce the goods every time what could you say about the images? well the images are very gritty they're quite shocking they show the poverty at absolutely absolutely uh, <sighs> close up there's there's no hiding anything and the family you really do feel for them Um, and like I say sadly it isn't particularly a very happy ending Um, but that's the way that things sometimes go and to a certain extent the poverty was that horrific that maybe there was no escape Um, Gordon Parks certainly tried to help them as much as he possibly could but there's only so much that you can do as a photographer. Um, there's only so much that you can do as a human being. He did manage to get them some help. He did manage to uh, enable them to to escape. Sadly, things didn't work out. So, yes, this is another one that's recommended. There's been some really good links in this podcast this, uh, this time. Um... I would certainly recommend this Gordon Parks one. I would certainly, definitely recommend the pinhole photography uh, to do with the Civil War reenactments. Um, they are just remarkable images. And the Sebastião Salgado images, fantastic as well. Oh, uh, have we got time for one last think we have we just about got enough time we'll make it nice and quick this is another time life light, light box one it's america's long withdrawal from afghanistan photographs by yuri Kozarev. i think i pronounced that right and this is about the american military packing up in afghanistan ready to ship out and it, it's purely what uh yuri's images are about it's, it's really about the sheer scale and logistics of modern warfare and how an army, certainly a huge army like the United States Army, um, needs to be kept going and the gear that needs to be shipped back home when they're heading back home. So a lot of the images deal with the soldiers getting ready to go back home, packing up material, there's a lot of shipping containers... Uh some of the I mean there's there's one shot, there's an aerial shot, um of yeah, here it is. It's hundreds of containers full of equipment are stacked in the yards of forward operating base shank... a logistical hub for the American operations in Lagar Province. Uh and it's an absolutely massive, massive area. I mean just the the stacked up shipping containers. Um Is a sight to behold. It's just you tend to think of battlefields and you tend to think of wars, of course, of just being about the troops who fight the actual battle. But of course, they have people who are handling the logistics and making sure that they're getting the ammunition and making sure that everything's getting to them on time and various other different bits and pieces. And of course, modern wars now are fought all over the place and of course all of their kid has got to be shipped out there and then shipped back and this is basically what Yuri's um, project is about, it's about showing that just because they're coming back home it still doesn't mean that the, the military operation is finished, there's still a huge military operation in shipping everything that they've taken over there back home, fantastic images and an interesting insight into uh, the war in Afghanistan Right, that's it. I'll be back next time. To check out any of the links mentioned in this podcast, go to darker-skies.com forward slash podcasts.